Why don't you repeat after me, Colleen? I am not a doctor. I am not a doctor. I do not play a doctor on TV. I do not play a doctor on TV. And none of the information in this podcast that comes out of my mouth or Eric's mouth. None of the information on this podcast that comes out of my mouth or Eric's mouth. Is intended as medical advice. This is intended as medical advice. And if you have any questions or doubts about anything. If, I have, if you have any questions or doubts about anything. You should consult with a licensed physician. You should consult with a licensed physician. Modern. 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 We're prepping for a voyage. Modern. The force of an old-fashioned equals whiskey mass times bitters acceleration. Why don't you make that a double? Modern Bar Cart. Hey there, cocktail fans. As you may have guessed from the little disclaimer before the intro sequence, today's episode involves cocktails and your health. Now, I may not be chatting with a licensed medical physician, but my guest, Colleen O'Brien from Wild Roots Apothecary, has a ton of awesome insights on how we can build a healthier relationship with cocktails and alcohol in general. She's also an expert herbalist, and this episode is filled with super fun ways to incorporate herbs into your cocktail creations. Some of the things we cover in our discussion include Colleen's journey from office management to spirited herbalist, her fairy cocktail hour, the regenerative properties of skunk cabbage, dandelions, and other herbs, the arts of scouting and foraging, DIY bitters and infused spirits, our favorite herbal liqueurs, and much much more. I have a feeling this is going to be one of the most popular episodes of this podcast, and so I hope you enjoy my interview with Colleen O'Brien. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Modern Bar Cart Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Kozlik, and today I have a very special guest with me. She's uh, been a good friend of mine for a few years now, ever since we met at uh, Union Kitchen here in D.C., and we've sort of grown up together learning about how to produce cocktail mixers and products. But without further ado, I would like to introduce Colleen O'Brien of Wild Roots Apothecary. Hey, Eric. Thanks for joining me today. I think that we should just jump right in by having you talk about who you are, what you do, and I guess how that relates to cocktails. Sure, sure. That makes sense. Um, so I'm Colleen O'Brien. I had started a company about two years ago, as of May 8th. I got my last paycheck from an official company and started Wild Roots Apothecary with just the dream of growing and being in nature a little bit more. And so I started that about two years ago where I would just uh, grow herbs and cut them and sell them at farmer's markets. And what ended up happening is I realized very quickly that herbs don't sell very well and they're very expensive um, to kind of keep up that habit. So what ended up, what it turned into was a cocktail and soda syrup business. And I do introductions to different herbs and by making these syrups that are like elderberry lavender so I get to introduce people uh, introduce to people elderberries are great for the immune system really building and supporting they're also really good for your bronchial function so I just get to talk about that and then I get to sell them talk to them about a good cocktail so nice yeah and and speaking of cocktails we're actually sipping on um, basically an herbal version of a of a cocktail based on what I had available which was ginger and mint teas and then a little bit of gin, a tiny splash of dry vermouth, and some embitterment lavender bitters. So kind of the, I guess the the DC version, my pantry's version of the theme of, of your, your company. But can you talk about maybe some of the products that you make and the flavors that you use? You can feel free sure. to just, you know, run down the entire line if you want. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you want to do that. I have a small problem. I'm definitely a maker. I think that's one of my creative bents is that I can't stop making. Whereas Eric and crew have come up with a solid line of amazing bitters. I just keep on making and making and making. So at this point, we have four standardized cocktail syrups. 
We have uh, two honeys that are infused with Tulsi and rose, and then we also and a ginger and cinnamon. And then we also have a, a thing called an oxymel, which is slightly like a shrub in flavor, but we use the uh, vinegar to extract the medicinal benefits or quote unquote wellness benefits from it. And then we add a little bit of honey to make it more palatable. So we have a uh, peppercorn turmeric, a rose hawthorn, and a ruby fire. So, so that's kind of the standard line as we speak for Wild Roots Apothecary. And then we also have a small shop out in DC where we make custom blends in small batch bitters and syrups and all kinds of stuff. It's a little bit nutty, but I can't help myself. And that's outside of DC, right? In in Sparrowville. In Sparrowville, uh, Virginia, which is I, I drove there recently, and it is it's a beautiful drive. The cell service not so great, but you you have some pretty auspicious neighbors, right? Yeah. So randomly enough, my landlords are actually Copper Fox Distillery, um, based out of there, and we use they actually sell our syrups at the shop and do now they actually opened a sunset cocktail bar starting like last week um so you can have a nice little cocktail using our syrups and their stuff on the deck that's great and is that based on new legislation that just opened up some things or is that the kind of like a financial thing for them i don't know if it's a financial thing of more of just bodies and doing things they did a big they in the winter they batch up a lot a lot of um rye and whiskey and get everything running and now they're kind of in that bottle sell bottle sell so i think they did a little rearranging on their management and just have made it this gorgeous little place that you can just plunk out and the kids can come. It's it's a great scene, to be honest. Very cool. So I think moral of the story, get out to Sperryville, check out some interesting products, and also do a whiskey tasting. Uh, Copper Fox is really interesting. I believe they are one of the few, if not the only places that, that malts their own whiskey and, and, and peats it as well. And they use, I think they use apple wood in some way, shape, or form because we have a whole bunch of apple trees just plowed up in there. So very good cool. Space, good people. Yeah. So the reason why we have Colleen today here with us is because I want to talk about alcohol and more specifically cocktails, but I guess zooming out a little bit, the effects of cocktails on the body and Colleen has a really, really cool perspective, in my opinion, on this, because as we mentioned in in sort of a disclaimer, she's not a doctor in the way that you break your ankle and you go see the doctor, but she is uh, somebody who cares deeply about wellness benefits in the way that we treat our bodies and in the way that we interact with nature and and consume the things that grow. So uh, can you talk about maybe the path that you took to, like what, how, how did you cultivate, pun intended, this this um, interest in, in the connection between nature and the body and then maybe connect that to cocktails if you could? I'll do my best for sure. I think for me, the idea of having a cocktail at the end of the day or every one couple days, it, it feels uh, rewarding and relaxing. And the way I kind of, and I'm going to start, I'll start with the cocktails first, Eric, uh, is just for me, it's a create, like I said before, I'm a maker. So I love making things. Um, it's, I see what's in nature. I see the red clovers. I see the black locust flowers. I see things and I want to put them into my body. And so I kind of created this so I don't feel guilty about drinking, uh, you know, every couple days, um, this little, what I call a fairy cocktail hour and everybody's invited and I just make small cocktails and just have one and do beautiful photographs. And I I'm blessed to have, you know, two acres to, to roam around in, but I do feel like our mindfulness and nature and just knowing what's there and experiencing it while we can is a good thing. I think my path started, I think it was like seven or eight years ago. <laughs> Everything feels a little blurry with, uh, I took a bunch of nutrition courses and, and started doing that path on nutrition and just really seeing how the body physiologically was affected by food. And then we always would mention herbs. We'd mention herbs like ashwagandha or astragalus and all these kind of adrenal adaptogen herbs, which when I say that adrenal adaptogens are a way for the body to adapt to stressful circumstances. And I think that those words kept playing back to me um, at the time as in a very stressful management job. I am a fiery Capricorn, so I can't help myself sometimes. I get involved and I want to fix things. And so I was in this job that just kind of sucked the life out of me. There was no 
nature in it. There was no nurturing. It was just get the job done and then just keep going and going. So anyways, I was taking these courses on the side, pursuing kind of my dream of using food as medicine. And what ended up happening is the herbs kept coming back to me. And I went out to Sperryville and had a free consult with my teacher and mentor now, Teresa Boardwine of Green Comfort Herbal School out there in Castleton, Virginia, and had a free consult, had no idea what I was getting myself into. And all of a sudden I was, you know, looking at herbs in a different way and looking at bitters and looking at adrenal adaptogens and just trying to find my my herb to make me feel better. And I think that's the really interesting thing about herbs is they, it, it's a whole body perspective. You know, we look at the herbs and we're going, okay, the motherwort from, you know, we harvest her when she's flowering and motherwort's a great bitter and she's flowering and we cut her and she gives us heart protection. So, so that's kind of my philosophy is using the cocktail end of it to create a connection with our bodies, but then also creating a connection with the earth and finding these new plants that are everywhere. You know, one of my favorite bitters to use is dandelion bitters. And especially now, oh my gosh, they're so bitter. Mm. <laughs> um, but I, and this, you know. and this is just so folks can situate it. We're in like early to mid spring mm-hmm. here in the DC, Virginia area. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'll use the t- flowering tops of dandelion, or dandelion flowers um, to help kiddos that have some issues, constipation and that kind of thing. Um, and then I'll go into the herbs with the leaves and stems. And then eventually, like now I'm harvesting the root and just kind of making these really simple bitters. I think my thing is, is just starting really simple and then adding on. You know, I start with, like I harvested some cardoon the other day from our garden and it was like, oh, because we have too much of it. And cardoon's a relative of the artichoke. So it kind of has that really bitter leaf. Um, Mm. And normally when you're cooking it and it's, you know, you blanch it once or twice and then you add it to the the saute pan. But this one I put straight up and um, it's this really fruity kind of nutty flavor and just you can I can feel the way it's going into um gonna play really well with some sort of lemony cocktail that's gonna happen soon but yeah so just kind of seeing nature as as it is and the whole plant constituents to healing the body is kind of how I work nice I definitely want to dig into a couple things you you said there but I, I also happen to know that you've got a really interesting project up right now is that something that you can speak about a little bit I know yeah. that this podcast is probably not going to air for a, a month at least yeah sure yeah you know as life as I kind of venture on this journey to say the least things keep happening that support my path uh, cocktails weren't part of my picture um, my actual product line came about because I made some lemonade for my son three four years ago I guess it would be now and it was not sweet enough and I happened to have a little thing of elderberry syrup that I poured in there really quickly because I was like, oh, he's just got to drink it, you know, and um, he loved it and I loved it. And then I added vodka and it was, (laughs) (laughs) and then it was mom's lemonade. (laughs) And then I did about three months of research and development with friends and, and just kind of really struck a chord with me just to see the resonance in people and cocktails are so accessible. So speaking to what Eric's talking about is actually in Sperryville, we are opening a, a little, I want to almost call it a, my lab because um, the owners are letting me basically create these cocktails that are herbally based, mostly kind of using the classic spin, but using local ingredients that we can harvest and do short short runs on them. So I was telling Eric, I harvest some black locusts, which is the pods, which are in bloom right now. And they're really sweet and florally. And normally what I would do with them, I usually make like a fritter with them. Like it's kind of a traditional thing. You make these little pancakes with them and put some honey on top and they're delicious. But I just put it into some honey and added a little bit of Everclear and we're going to see what happens with that. Mm. So kind of kind of trying to play and we're going to be open a fair amount, but you can find us at Francis or I think it's bar-francis.com and we'll start having updates soon with that. Great. Yeah. And um, I'll put links and social media handles for that in the show notes as, as I always try to do. Um, I'm sure that Colleen and I will have to have an email session after this to get all the links to <laughs> the herbal school that she mentioned and yeah. everything else that's going to come out and, and, you know, maybe how to spell uh, a, a 
adrenal adaptogens <laughs> but but yeah um so that's that's really great a couple things that i just want to circle back on not even to discuss but just to put a pin in and, and bring to the level of consciousness for everybody two things simplicity and complexity I'm talking about you know starting things really simple you talked about how that's how, how that's something that you always try to do and then the other thing is seasonality mm. um the the it seems like the lab is is kind of a a season you know it, it has that space for you to do seasonal things and not feel pressured to as we do in the consumer packaged goods space like produce a certain number of these design a label for this particular product which costs a certain amount of money that you then need to make up and it's easier to make up if if you can then sell X number. So taking those really logistical pressures off, it seems to be, it doesn't even seem to be, I know for a fact that it's a really nice thing for you, but seasonality has other things that I'd like to talk about here as we go. So I wanna get into a few questions now. And the first one is, alcohol is bad for us, right? We're taught that alcohol, like like uh, when we're kids, we're taught that alcohol is bad. And, and for kids, alcohol is bad. I'm not saying it's, it's not, but is alcohol bad for you or is it not? Because we're talking about cocktails here and we like cocktails, but we're told that alcohol is bad for us. So I guess the question is, what gives? Yeah, sure. You know, this is one of those things that as an herbalist, I struggle with a lot. I am constantly going, okay, make these cocktail syrup and they're meant to be enjoyed, but on a limited basis. I think one of our things in our society is, is that cocktails used to be used as a medicinal dose. And when we say medicinal dose, it was less than two ounces. You know, our standard cocktails now is six to eight ounces. And sometimes, you know, I think the last time I went to TGI Fridays, which was about like six years ago, I had a cocktail that just like, it was probably 15 ounces of whatever. And it was crazy, you know. The, um, the Long Island Ice Friday. I think it was something <laughs> cheesy like that. It was, I, sorry, this is a just. I have no, yeah. <laughs> um, so I, for me, what, what my presentation is on, on using alcohol. Um, so I, I do a lot of tincturing um, and tincturing is where I'm taking fresh or dried plant material and pouring alcohol over it to extract the medicinal benefits. Now it's one of our easiest things to use because it extracts it really well, depending on the alcohol. Um, you get the, it's kind of like the most bang for your buck. So if I heart, you know, I spend a day harvesting black cohosh, I want to get the most out of that root. And that's probably not a great example for your guests, but um, anyways. Dandelion. Dandelion. So I spend the day harvesting dandelion and, you know, chop it up and I, I want to get the most out of it. And so now what I do is I actually throw it in my Vitamix with alcohol and make this slurry of dandelion and then I filter it out. And I feel like for me, that gives the most strongest and most potent medicine. And that's not always what I'm looking for. But in this case, I am. So I think for us, we need to start looking at how often do we use alcohol um, and what are we using it for? You know, that's why I kind of created that fairy cocktail hour. Where it's a special time of night where I can just relax and take a breath and just make this beautiful little cocktail for me and only me and the fairies. And I know that probably sounds a little bit ethereal. I can't say that word. Ethereal. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yes, good speech. Uh, so I, but it makes it this special encounter between me and nature that is really enjoyable because alcohol does mask the certain things. It does kind of calm the body down. It does release the nerve tension. Um, but one of the things we do have to be careful of is overuse causes damage to the liver, um, for sure, kidneys, major organs. So, um, and also dulls the brain, you know, so we want to be able to support the brain and the liver and all of that. Um, so there's a balance. So one of the great herbs that I use is um, milk thistle. Um, it's a liver protector, I'll just use it like that, and dandelion. Um, they all protect and restore the liver. The cool thing is, is that the liver can be regenerated in five weeks. So every year we take probably six weeks off, I take of drinking and just kind of clean out the body. So we do a lot of green juices, we'll do a lot of fresh vegetables, just trying to really pump up the body and tons of water. Um, and that really, for me at this point has worked. And I know when I'm overindulging, I can tell, but I just double up on my herbs and you know, I let it go. I don't try to make myself feel bad because I am human and it is enjoyable to be a little bit 
sure scrappy and, every now and then oh absolutely <laughs> um we wouldn't be here if it wasn't we'll, we'll leave yeah. it at that uh and the liver, the liver thing certainly not meant as medical advice but a really good point you know so like we have these yeah. you know we have these organs in our body that that are really important for the way that we function the brain is one of them alcohol affects that the liver is another one alcohol affects that i i don't think there's really a bodily system you know maybe mm-hmm. not even the cardiovascular because blood alcohol that's that's yeah. in there so yeah. i mean really alcohol affects the entire body and and so you know i, I think that you make a good point and, and i think the the my biggest takeaway is that, that what you do and and the way that you choose to um enjoy alcohol in the form of cocktails and and make it special is you set aside a time for it mm-hmm. um and that's something that people should i think maybe consider in their own way i, I think it looks it, it looks different for everybody everyone's got a different schedule right um and i think that unfortunately for some people who are in big cities like dc and who are working as young professionals as is you know uh, i'm guessing many of our listeners are going to either be able to relate to or fall into the category of you know we, we get sucked into this thing called happy hour and mm-hmm. and happy hour is really just stress hour, stress hour because we stress out for eight hours a day at our desk and then we go off with the people who we are stressed out with and consume a lot of alcohol because we're stressed and then we co-ruminate on that stress which doesn't necessarily make the stress better at least that's one version of the story i'm not saying that's that's for everybody but what i like to to draw the contrast is that your cocktail hour is small you said that that you make small cocktails um which allows you if you want to make multiple cocktails <laughs> you're not going to be on your ass and right. what you've done is you've just gotten to be more creative because i think that one of the things that alcohol does is it makes you less inhibited more for open sure. to creativity oh for sure yeah so my best blogs are uh are blotto botany blogs because i'm kind of in that like and i'm gonna write this out and be happy about it you know and um I did one last week. It's Tuesday night's my night off, and um, I've been trying to just kind of stick to that as my little happy cocktail hour, and it's been it's been impressive. And I feel the effects of not wanting to drink on a Friday night and just kind of having that release. Um, I do I do challenge people to try it and see how you feel. You know, alcohol abuse is a serious thing, and so we do have to be conscious of it and realize that our bodies are machines and that they need a break every now and then. Take a yes, vacation. Absolutely. So that's. That, that's a great answer to the question. Uh, complex answer to a, a really oversimplified question. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's talk about now cocktails and the medicinal tradition. So yeah. you are, I mean, maybe maybe this is a good time for you to talk more about the, the herbal training that you did. Sure. And then, like, we, we've already touched a little bit about how things like bitters and things like tonics, for example, mm-hmm. are, are medicinally based. Is there anything that you can share from your experience or from just historical knowledge that you think people might really resonate with in terms of, like, you know, maybe they go to a bar and they order a cocktail. What unexpectedly medicinal right. or medicinally related, th- or the, you use the term wellness related things are in there that they yeah. might not even be aware of? Yeah. So it's one of those things where I do look at that a lot. Uh, I always think of when people come into the herb shop or the, apo- you know, in the apothecary, it's kind of like they give me this look, like, and especially with the syrups, you know, it's kind of one of those things where it's easily accessible. I'm telling you that elderberries are good for your lungs, but I'm selling you a syrup and I think for me it's kind of funny because then I back it out and I say you know if you think about the properties of the herbs that are all around us um, so there's a ton of herbs that are just walking you know dandelion we've said that multiple times there's mullein root there's chamomile you know all of our medicinal I mean you know I just brought Eric a little lemon basil plant and that's great for the digestive system and I feel like sometimes when I'm using the herbs in the cocktails especially fresh uh, you know like I tinctured off some hops tips the other day just to taste them just because I wanted to see what they taste like they're super nutty when they're first coming out and I have they're like fresh in the bud they've got that that seed power to them almost exactly they're beautiful and then I'll and then I'll tincture them later um so for example even hops I mean we can just talk about hops piece um is one of our great nervines it's super calming um we use it a lot for to help people rest and sleep 
it just really makes the body come down. And that's why if you have two beers, you're kind of like, I'm a little sleepy. I might have to switch gears here. Yeah. So, so yeah. So I think um, those kind of herbs, chamomile, uh, rosemary is amazing for the brain. Um, I love rosemary cocktails. One of my favorite cocktails is I use the Copper Fox rye whiskey, a little bit of our nettle orange syrup, and a little bit of lemon juice and orange juice, and then a big pop of, of rosemary, and then... The aromatic bitters from the bitter mint. Bitter mint aromatic <laughs> it's, bitters. Yeah, <laughs> it's so perfect though. I, I mean, that that sounds what, amazing. Yeah, and it's it's but rosemary is traditionally used for memory. Um, so somebody had I get this all the time. It's so cute. I get these little bundles at the doorstep with people that don't want to throw these herbs out because they know they're good for something, but they just leave them at my door. So I got a big bundle of rosemary a couple weeks ago, and and it was actually one of our neighbors. He had left this beautiful flowering, and I tinctured it all, and it made this essence of rosemary that mm. is you know I'm using it in cooking at this point because I have so oh, yeah. way too much of it. Um, rosemary tincture is now on sale at Wild Roots Apothecary. <laughs> <laughs> Get it people. Let's go. So, but even that, you know, it's just like we were talking about the creative aspect of it. Um, I think the healing aspect of herbs really blends well because it's, it, cocktails are an easy introduction to herbs. So my thing is, is I, I was harvesting skunk cabbage, which is a very early spring. Um, but we had, we were talking to a bunch of us herbalists from being nerding out. And, um, so we were talking about, you know, how there's a lot of bottles with skunk cabbage as a medicinal. Um, and this thing is, it feels prehistoric. You're like digging in the mud, you know, your foot down, you're still trying to pull out the root to get the cabbage. And, um, and it's, it's one of those herbs that you just kind of like, this has got to be good for something, you know? So this is, this is not the digression that I expected to have on the podcast, <laughs> but we're going to, we're going to go deeper into the skunk cabbage. Mm. First of all, I want a skunk cabbage cocktail. No, that's it's, it's nasty. It tastes slimy. Okay. Super slimy. Never mind. No skunk cabbage cocktail. <laughs> Second, I just, can you talk more about that? Cause I, I grew up next to, I, I, I grew up in the middle of the woods and we had, a brook and then kind of consequently around that since it, the you know the the land was fertile yeah. we had a swamp and right. and we had skunk cabbage and i remember when i was a kid skunk cabbage it comes out early spring and it has it it, it comes out of the soil almost like a hood that pierces right. the soil right. and inside this hood is this little ball it looks like it looks like uh like those close-up microscope views of what a pollen granule looks like yeah. almost and it stinks to high heaven and right. I, I my guess is that it, the goal is to attract flies and pollinators in there to mm. pollinate right probably, I, probably so, right um so what do you and so like as a kid like what do you want you want something that stinks and you want right. something that's fun you can kick over and just have an immediate effect of like I, just ruining the air around Jeez, you yeah. what, what better pleasure for for like a 10 year old boy with boots in a swamp <laughs> so now you know that my childhood was like that what, awesome. what do you so what do you use cabbage for it's a lymphatic mover so all the spring early spring things that i pull out of the ground are usually lymphatic movers we call them spring tonics um so it's the dandelions it is the yellow docks burdocks um all these weeds that are literally on the side of the road um and skunk cabbage is one of those that i've actually never played with but some friends and i were kind of in there and i was like you know let's see what this thing does and tincture it's 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 an intense little beast to say yeah, the least i, I can imagine it's intense <laughs> enough i was it's not i was not so uh, keen on on getting in there and, and and getting dirty i was more like yeah. let's go on for turkey tail mushrooms those i can at least grab and and right. they're delicious versus versus gotcha. these little monsters well that's interesting and just to just so folks uh out there who who might not have um as much anatomical experiences as lymphatic the lymphatic system is basically the it, it's essentially the gutters of the body which is right. a really unflattering way to look at it but it's it's the part of your immune system that goes about gathering and then disposing of in a good way the toxins in your body right. Um, so lymph nodes, if you've ever gotten sick and, and the doctor feels your lymph nodes, uh, usually right on the, 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 under the jaw and on the sides of the neck, um, those are, those are lymph nodes and you also have them elsewhere in your body. So good to know that spring is a good time for uh, a cleanse and a tonic. For sure. 
So I want to talk now about the concept of simplicity and complexity, seasonality, and balance. Uh, one of the questions that I had for you today is is really about balance in cocktails mm-hmm. as a metaphor for balance in life. Uh, and I feel like that's one you could probably probably run with, right? Yeah. So why don't you, why don't yeah. you go ahead and run with that? Yeah. I think my thing is with both herbalism and cocktails, it's, it's one of those things where I often go, you know, I'm kind of in this yin-yang balance. Um, and it's a pretty finite balance. But herbs are meant to be extracted. You know, we use multiple forms to extract herbs. Um, so we use teas, you know, like we're having this really good ginger mint tea. And it's really gingery. And it's so, I'm feeling a little warm, you know. And yeah. I think that's kind of the the one-to-one that herbs can give. You know, you eat a cayenne pepper, it instantly makes you warmer. You eat turmeric, it makes you warmer. Um, And so all those bloods, as they're kind of circulating through the system, kind of are doing their herbal magic. I don't know what else to call it. It's basically a synergy through the system, and they're really cleansing whatever they need to. I feel like they hook onto whatever receptors they need to, and they pull out what they need to pull out into the lymph and cleanse it. So... I was looking, you know, I scout all the time for different herbs and different patches of things that I'm excited about. And kind of in the, where we are, we're kind of not too far from the mountains, probably 20 minutes from the Thornton Gap entrance. And uh, of the Appalachians? Uh, of the Shannon. The Shannon. The Blue Ridge Mountains. Blue, sorry, okay, sorry, gotcha. Shenandoah Parkway, Blue Ridge Mountains. I don't want to get yeah. myself in trouble. Gotcha. So, yeah, so I'm often kind of in that, like, what is here? You know, we have beautiful things here, like golden seal and ginseng that is just really getting torn up by people that come in um, from the city and they try to harvest it because it gets in Chinatown I think it's about 400 to $800 a pound depending on what it is mm-hmm. um, and so these medicinal herbs we're trying to work with people that have land for example there's a great organization called United Plant Savers and if you haven't checked it out and you have land please do um, link they, in the show notes yeah <laughs> sorry once again tick 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 uh, yeah so we have, you know, just places where we can start bringing back our native plants um, because we have so many invasives. And here's the thing is I use a lot of the invasives. You know, I just harvested honeysuckle to make a beautiful liqueur and really appreciate the essence of that that plant. You know, lilac flowers, harvest those, you know, dandelion, make your own bitters, you know, just, just keep it simple, but then just get started. And you'll start to recognize what those flavors can bring not only into your cocktail, but just into your lives, you know, just putting, you know, a couple drops on top of a fruit salad of honeysuckle liqueur. I mean, people are going to be like, what is that? You know, why is this flowery? You know, and it just creates this point of conversation. And I think that's the interesting thing for me with herbalism. And this is where Eric and I kind of connect because he's a slight talker. But, you know, we, we he wants interesting things to talk about. And these things are always poignant and everywhere you know and like, present if yeah. it's seasonal then it's present yeah right? i'm i'm when i walk through dc i'm constantly looking <laughs> at people's yards and looking for things to harvest oh, me too it's rosemary up here on capitol hill it's <laughs> rosemary there's yeah. so many like i could give you a map of capitol hill based on the number of people's rosemary plants where i just walk by and go i wish i had a set of clippers right now because they don't need all that rosemary yeah exactly but i'm looking for you know things like linden trees hawthorne trees which they plant they plant them in the library parking lots because they're beautiful they flower they fruit ginkgo is an amazing brain tonic you know i throw that in the vitamix with a little bit of alcohol and i use that a lot yeah so uh, and i i'm gonna call out right now by name and by street location i just walked by yesterday uh corner of uh, not not quite the corner. It's right between East Street and F Street Northeast on Third Street. As you're going south, uh, or north rather, it's on the left, about halfway up the block. Peach Tree. So, you know what? I'm gonna keep an eye on that peach tree. Yeah. So. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm, we not, use, I'm not above it. And there's yeah, and there's the other cool thing about peaches is like we use the leaves as a. Um, a warming agent, but they're also a bitter. You have to use them fresh, 
but you know, when they're fairly young, but they're a nice little bitter and they're a little nutty, kind of like a peach seed. So it's like mm. using that kind of stuff to interesting to really play with. So yeah. there's a lot of that. Uh, and if anybody's noticing uh, a little little bit of added noise in the background that I can't edit out, the, uh, the the folks who live above me have just arrived home with their uh, lovely pit bull buck, great little dog. But there might be a little background noise, so we're gonna keep going. I wanted to just circle back because you you said something about the way that you, uh, and this is not co- this is distinctly not cocktail related. The way that you go about scouting for things, and we just kind of mm-hmm. talked about like creeping on people's yards, which is <laughs> a very like s- urban or city based way of scouting for things. But you said something really early on that was one of my favorite things, like uh, my favorite phrases that that came out of your mouth because it was so simple and true. You said, I see blank. I see something in nature and I want to put that into my body. Um, <laughs> Probably the essence. Yeah. Something yeah. In that effect. I think that's great. And I think that's the, the reason why I think that's great in relation to what we're talking about with cocktails is the fact that like... You know, going back to the like the happy hour scene where you know maybe there's uh, an, an oversimplification of an overutilization of and an over maybe a use of cocktails, right, in the form of tasteless vodka tonics and you know rum and cokes and stuff that maybe isn't isn't the fastest or isn't isn't the 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 most enjoyable or healthiest but gets the job done the quickest and is the most palatable you you say you know in a happy hour setting i see that rum and coke and i want to put that into my body and i feel like that's a completely different set of motivations and a completely different set of i guess thought processes than when you go out into nature and do what you're describing doing very consciously and say I see that and I want to put that in my body um, right. and I don't you know we, we've already talked about you know that, that maybe you know alcohol when used as a as a drug essentially yeah. is a bad thing but is there anything else you can talk about with your mindset and like like it's it's it, it's a great way in my opinion to tie cocktails and the way that you personally your personal brand of cocktails mm-hmm. to a mindfulness yeah can you talk about that i can um because i've been thinking about this a lot i've been creating this menu that's very seasonal and unique i feel like it's unique and using all these books that I've been reading and just kind of feeling like I want to have people experience this. I want people to know what's in their yards or their neighborhoods and get excited about it and realize that even when you're cooking with herbs, if you're putting them in your cocktails, great, but you can also cook with herbs. And we take go back to the same thing as like rosemary. Um, you know, cooking with rosemary is one of the best things we can do for our bodies. You know, it really flushes out our system. It gives our body oxidation. It opens up our pores. Um, along with so many other medicinal benefits. I, I, it's like one of those things where I'm like, my brain's clicking on a certain level and not, not remembering everything. But just kind of in that way, it's just cooking with them and, and just being with them and growing them. And for me, it's the mindfulness of connection. When I watch my little seedlings grow, it's one of those things where I watch them come out of the ground and I'm kind of cheering them on. Like, come on, buddy, you can do this. You know, you got to overcome the weeds. You got to do this. You got to do that. Um, and then I get to harvest from them and, and just be in nature. Um, I think we lack that a little bit in this society is just really finding the connections. Um, and that's where I think the simplicity comes. Like, it's complex. There's so many things we could look at. Um, but the simplicity is with cocktails, if you just do a little mindful cocktailing for lack of a better word you know just have a little one and get some borage and enjoy it and try a violet you know try the little purple violet it's delicious um and just kind of experience your life on a different level and not just the rum and coke down the hatch um right i've been there done that you know what ends up happening is you know you lose multiple years of cognizance because you're just there for the party so to speak which is fine on a certain level i'm just trying to move it into another another realm at this point yeah and i I think that's a really why i think it's a really wise thing to say and the reason why it resonates with me is because you used the you 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 drew maybe without necessarily intending to the the distinction between connection and disconnect so I, i think if there's one rule of thumb that that i can 
identify not being a doctor. It's that if you're using alcohol as an escape or to disconnect, if you're using that third Navy strength gin martini as a way to escape your shitty day job, chances are you're not doing it right. Now, this is not to say that that martini doesn't taste delicious because I would, you know, if you offered it to me, I would probably be like, hell yeah. Like I will join you for this martini regardless of how many you have had prior to this. But I think there is healthier enhancement to be found when you're using cocktails to connect. And this can certainly be gained in group settings as well. Not this is this is not just us trying to expose your personal drinking habits, you know, when you go home to your apartment after a busy day at the office or something. This is across venues and and across situations. So uh, it it sounds like the the bar uh, that, that you're working on is is a good opportunity for the folks in Sperryville to come out and to learn how to connect not just with different cocktails that they may not have been exposed to, but with the land that they live in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think for me, just kind of touching back to what you were just talking about, it's just, I feel like alcohol, cocktails and going out for happy hour, is it's a connection period. And if you're not happy with your connections, then, you know, you need to look at that. And and that's what happened to me. I mean, that's why I am where I am now. Not necessarily the alcohol part, but it was more of just like, I'm not living the life I'm supposed to do. And I can't do this anymore. And I'm fortunate enough that I could step out, you know, and, and try something different. And I don't even know how I got to where I am right now. I don't know why I'm sitting across from you, but I am. And it's, it's effective, you know, and now I'm kind of enjoying every moment of my life versus, you know, a third. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so, and I don't want to harp on that, but it's, it's one of those things where at this new place and even at my apothecary, I'm trying to create an experience for people to enjoy their lives more in so many ways um not just the cocktails um it's just you know finding something that helps them with stress you know tulsi basil was my savior and it is literally uh, it's called holy basil in india mm. and it's one of those herbs that is that rama krishna uh, there's there's four there's of them. rama there's, krishna there's three yeah there's vana krishna vana. and um rama yeah. so there's three yeah and my favorite is i think it's vana yeah, there's one of them that tastes like tastes a little bit like pickles. Uh, this not one's not my favorite. <laughs> I think it's Krishna. I think it's Krishna. Yeah, but they're both they're all wonderful. Um, but just sipping that at three o'clock instead of having that fourth cup of coffee, um, that's really what made my change in outlook and body. And I think that the plants were working with me. Um, they were guiding me onto a different path scary as shit but it's working you know it's like everything that I keep if I'm in touch with myself and the nature and my intuition it seems like my path keeps going in the right direction does that sound right and scary as shit meaning that you forewent those paychecks and and luckily you have the support of your husband uh, and your son Mm -hmm. obviously it's a family family thing yeah and that's sort of a a theme with us I'm lucky enough to have a wonderful wife who Right. puts up with the the creative not not just puts up with it but so truly supports, supports. The, the creative and and puts up with uh, the resulting chaos in the household that is that doubles as an office and a podcasting center for the for the moment and and stuff like that but um, I want to move on to some lightning round questions the one thing that I'm going to issue right now is sort of a challenge is to those of you who li- who are listening to this right now what I want you to think about is the difference between between connection and escape. And I want you to think about in the way that you normally or the way that, that you have maybe in the past couple weeks or the past month used cocktails. Uh, have you used them as an escape or have you used them as a means of connection? And the answer to this question doesn't matter. The point is consider what you've been using cocktails for and then if you get the indication, if you're being really honest with yourself that you've been using them as a means of escape and as a way of getting out of what you do most of the time, then maybe this is an opportunity to 
do a couple of things. One, maybe visit some of the resources on the show notes page, which you can find at modernbarcart.com forward slash podcast by searching for this episode, which is with Colleen O'Brien, spelled exactly as you would assume it's spelled. And the second thing might be to use that information that you find uh, with all of the wealth of links and, and, and other stuff that we put up there and put some herbs in the cocktails that you're making and Colleen's getting she's doing like the excited (laughs) the excited dance right now put some herbs and stuff I mean that's a like I can't make you use cocktails for connection nobody can Uh, but I think what we've learned in this episode is that, that being in tune with nature and with natural growing things is really fun, really interesting, stimulating in a positive way and a good conversation piece if nothing else. So have a cocktail with somebody, make them a cocktail and put some herbs in it and have a conversation. I think that's that's a simple challenge that I can issue based on what we've talked about in this episode so far. And I, I, I hope that uh, you share your results with us on Instagram at Modern Bar Cart and tag us, hit us up and, and we'll you know check out the awesome cocktails that you're making with, with herbs. But on to the lightning round questions. So these are pretty short, concise questions, Colleen, but you don't have to answer them in a short, concise way if you don't want to. Short answers are totally fine though. Number one, what is your favorite cocktail? And as I assume is probably the case, if you can't name a favorite of all time, what is the cocktail or a cocktail you've recently fallen in love with? Well, it's farm season out where I live, so we have been drinking a lot of whiskey sours and pisco sours. The the eggs are amazing right now, and then I get to make a lot of custards. But I do add a little bit of a twist on that, um, so I'm using a lot of chartreuse as my sweetener because I l- love, love it, um, and it has so many herbs and herbal. I'm, I'm willing to create it. That's like my goal is to like recreate it with all the herbs I have in my my crazy little apothecary. This is so. this is the the project that Colleen doesn't yet know that I've jumped on with is that, that we're going to twenty years down the road just come out with this company that has that has reproduced chartreuse in Nailed the United it. States. You know, once we're you know wealthy and and have you know forty hours a week to devote to copying some ancient monks' recipe. Or let's just get some monks. Anybody want to be a monk for us? I would. Li- yeah, yeah. <laughs> Applications are now open uh, at modernbarcart.com forward slash monks. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, so that's kind of my thing. Anything to do with chartreuse is is my bank. Um, I've been recently experimenting with the Italian Amaros. Uh, unfortunately, I'm in Virginia, and we have very limited <laughs> access to really good, either locally or even just something. Um, they just don't carry very much there. So. Yeah, and folks, this is we don't pass judgment on the on this podcast, but that's what happens when the state controls your uh, your liquor supply. Bad things happen. Yeah, not a judgment. I'm just saying objectively bad things happen. Yeah, it's it's awkward. It makes it awkward, yeah, you know, when you're trying does. to build this cocktail and you're like, wait, you don't have any. Okay, well, I guess we'll just make our own vermouth yeah. that we want. or You know, and, and, and I feel sad because there's so many good producers in D.C. that are cranking it out um, that we could use, but mm-hmm. we just can't get it. So, yeah. anyways, more Virginia spirits right. at monks.com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of my favorite cocktail right now. And then if I'm, if I'm, if this girl walks into the bar, actually, you taught me this. I, I order a hanky-panky just to Th- try to... This girl walks into a bar? <laughs> I order a hanky-panky just because it's one of those things that I know I'll enjoy and I like to see how they make it differently in each place that I go to. Ah, that's fascinating. So, I, I, a couple things I want to latch onto there and, and I, I, I'm sorry, I apologize for belaboring the lightning round, but a couple couple takeaways. One, I did not know that you were a chartreuse fan to the extent that you are because it is absolutely my favorite liquid on earth. So that's a thing we'll have to talk about more. Second thing, uh, sours. You mentioned two cocktails. Uh, sours, basically folks, a sour is, is a cocktail with, with an acid in it, generally lemon or lime juice, and then the base spirit, and then there's egg white in the cocktail. Um, and the egg white, uh, when you put this cocktail into a shaker, because you, you shake many cocktails with citrus juice, 
it creates a foam. If you shake it long enough and well enough, then you, you strain it into your cocktail glass and you have this lovely foam at the top. And, and that's where the, the spring eggs come in, correct? Yeah. It's really light and fluffy. It's not overwhelming. It's a low, for me, it's a low alcohol and it's fulfilling. It's like that perfect little thing. And it goes great with all of my little basil snippings. Oh, and it's great for garnishing so, on top. Oh, you have a, a, a nice, uh, you know, nice dark colored bitters that you can drizzle across. And in the case of the Pisco Sour, that's a very traditional, yep. you know, way of presenting the cocktail. And then, you know, obviously with a nice foamy egg white, you can just slap an herb right on top of there. Yeah. Yeah. Slap, and it, slap just... it around a little bit, activate. <laughs> It. I do. I, I will say that I did I did find a, a small new technique. Um, I've been reading way too many cocktail books right now, but I, I really love using. I got this really good like Japanese frother. Like you would normally use it for coffee, for but it's matcha or maybe maybe like now green tea. No coffee. No, it's it's like a milk frother. Okay, but it's a metal round one instead of the whisk kind. I'm, I'm pretty sure it will take my eye out or my son's eye out at one point, but it is amazing for making like full on like three inch egg white cocktails Wow! without well, having to like muscle it up. That's so. why I give sons two eyes, right? Yeah, I'm um, pretty sure. Caden, Caden will want to have, he'll be one-eyed Cade at one point. <laughs> one-eyed Cade. <laughs> and that's the name of our chartreuse. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing. Uh, all right. So moving on to the next, oh, hanky panky, sorry. Well, Colleen's uh, coughing right now because the that <laughs> that really strong tea cocktail, hanky panky. It's a it's a gin drink with amaro. So it's it's got gin amaro, and then I is there vermouth in the yeah. There's a little bit of vermouth in it. A little bit of, a little bit of sweet vermouth. A little bit of amaro, and then some gin and generally orange bitters yeah. is the way I've seen it. Up glass. Up. Super chill. Yeah, yeah. And it um, just blossoms. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to return to the Hanky Panky when we do our Amaro episode, but it's it's an incredible drink. I recommend that you you folks look up the Hanky Panky. It's, uh, if you're a gin lover or an Amaro lover, it's a great blank slate. In the way that, that Colleen mentioned it, she said it's, it's her sort of her litmus test for a good cocktail bar. And it's not just a good cocktail bar, but maybe the personality of that particular cocktail bar yeah. to see how they approach it. So put a pin in that. We'll definitely, that that's, a, that's an approach to going out to bars that we'll return to in, in future episodes, but I wanted to just mention it here explicitly. So, moving on. Favorite spirit. Do you have one? What do you like about it? Uh, gin. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's... There's so much I can say about them, and there's so many that I have tasted that I love, and then there's some that I just don't like. But most of them are the, my favorite is probably the botanist. Um, oh man, you're you're the second person in <laughs> I've recorded two podcasts, and you're you're the you're the second person to call it the botanist, and I've got a bottle sitting over there empty. I know it's I know. a beautiful bottle. Yeah, and I also really like Uncle Val's gin. I'm in Virginia. So don't judge us. We, we've got limited presentations. Based, but I also based like in Virginia, Uncle Val's? No, no. Or... It's another one. Okay. I, I haven't really... Um, you know, Copper Fox makes a decent gin that I like um, for my mixed drinks. It really pairs well with our rose hip hibiscus. And I actually made a killer lemon gin sour with no egg white, but on a highball. I'm not sure what I would call that. Uh, yeah, like a gin Collins or yeah, something like that. Yeah, I was like wearing that. gin Collins with soda water, yeah. and I plop by, down by the river and threw some violets in it. Yeah. The, if you had come the, out to Sperryville, that's what you'd be drinking right now. <laughs> the, their gin is really good with lemon. I, I, I can it's, attest to that. Yeah, the, I think lemon... Um, it's got a lot of star anise in it and some lemongrass. I'm actually planting the gardens for that gin, which is really fun. That's what I, I, I just love doing is like connecting, you know, simple things, you know, like sticking in a lemongrass plant for somebody and then, you know, going like they knew that it would distill well in their in their gin, but they hadn't like tasted it as a tea. I'm like, here's your lemongrass tea. And they're like, this is delicious. So it's like mm. getting those flavor profiles into people. So, yeah, that's that's amazing. And, and of course, you know, somebody who is an apothecary, you know, gin is the perfect answer to that question. I actually, know. actually, that another place where we intersect, I gin is also my favorite spirit. So I feel like we should make the last word now. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's let's get through these first. If you could have a cocktail, this is one of my favorite questions. If yeah. you could have a cocktail with anyone in the world, past, present, who would that person be? Where would you go? What cocktail would you order or make yourself? Paint a picture for us. Oh, so I have this beautiful picture of, uh, I am such an outdoors person. I love going to cocktail bars just for the experience, but I get super intimidated. I'm an outdoor drinker. <laughs> 
slightly day drinker at times. So I think my person that I would go to is Rosemary Gladstar. Um, she is kind of our grandmother of herbalism. And when I read her books before I was an herbalist, I thought they were accessible. And when I read them now, they're even more accessible. And so I'd love to have a cocktail. She has a beautiful farm and her daughter and son-in-law actually also have a farm in Vermont where I buy a lot of my herbs from. It's called Zach Woods Herb Farm. Um, so if you are making your own herbal whatevers, check them out because their herbs are amazing and organic and beautiful. And so I think I would like to have it there at her, at that farm and like learn about all the constituents of the herbs that are in the gin that then we're drinking or, you know, if we could just like flavor profile chartreuse so that I would love to do that actually as like an herbalist tasting of chartreuse because we've tasted so many weird herbs. Like a meeting of the minds like just and a like, meeting what of do the you, tongues. What do you pull? I mean, you know, obviously there's licorice in there, you know, I'm like pulling like 10 things in my brain, you know, and it's just like one of those things where I'm like, okay, we can make this work. Um, so, I, yeah. I imagine this happening in like these like chic modern government buildings, like from James Bond or like the CIA yeah. where you're like all around a whiteboard and you're just like pulling, you're just writing down these or you're like <laughs> just, just, just obliterating these monks centuries old no. recipe with <laughs> scientific tongues and, and a, exactly. an amazing experience. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a really good one. Except I'm more like around the fire and we're all like just passing the bottle. Yeah. <laughs> I live and that's, in the that's country. Why, that's why you need really, really weird people like me to, uh, to make that connection and get you into <laughs> yeah. that government building somehow. We'll make it happen one day. Exactly. Are there any cocktail books that have been particularly influential? And I know that you've mentioned that you've been reading a lot. So I'm hoping that you can give maybe multiple uh, yeah. shout outs here to the listeners who are, you know, interested in either learning about how to make cocktails, how to make cocktails that incorporate herbs. What do you, what do you got mm-hmm. for us? Um, I think the one that I recently have been really enjoying is the DYI Bitters by Jovial King and Guido Macy. They're both juggernauts in our industry. Um, Jovial and Guido, they actually um, are in Vermont and they do Urban Moonshine, um, who makes a fantastic... Uh, they, they use it mostly for digestive bitters, but obviously digestive bitters can translate into cocktail bitters. Um, I use their chamomile. I did a one cocktail. Oh, I, it was a brown cocktail. Mm-hmm. And I lost that bet. Um, but you do a little spray on the top and it just kind of gives that essence of chamomile, which is really calming, but it's also super aromatic. Um, so their book, um, I've been reading and I am bad at names so we can connect to these. We, we will hunt these down yeah. folks and give you links in the show notes. Um, I think it's liquid intelligence. Yep. Liquid intelligence. I have that, have that here. It's driving uh, me crazy. Probably the best executed technical guide with crazy. images and illustrations for doing high level things with cocktails. I wouldn't recommend this as somebody's first cocktail book, but if you've gotten your feet wet and you want to have something on hand as a, not only a book that you can read straight through, but as a a reference guide to techniques, not necessarily to cocktails themselves, although there are some recipes in there, but to techniques. I I recently took it out uh, with my wife. We were making um, a homemade orgette which is an, uh, an almond-based syrup used in a lot of tiki cocktails. And we referred to a lot of the, the scientific information in this book. So great technical guide for sure. Yeah, yeah. And so that's kind of been, I've been doing that one. And then I oh, just, uh, Amaro, and he's made another book, Bitters. Um, it's like those one more. B.T. Parsons uh, or is it Bitterman? Might be Bitterman. Uh, Mark Not Mark Bitterman wrote no, the the Bitterman's Guide to Bitters and Liqueurs. Uh, Brad Thomas Parsons, I believe, is also. Yeah, I think it's Parsons. He he published yeah. a book recently called Amaro. Yeah, um, I'm really enjoying that. Um, uh, it, for me, it's connecting the dots of herbalism and cocktails, and kind of knowing what's in there, and then I just start extracting, you know what we use the different herbs for, you know, licorice is one of my favorite herbs too. And it's in all of those liqueurs. Have you read, um, Amy Stewart's the drunken botanist? (laughs) Of course I have. Yeah. Yeah, She's awesome. Um, I love the way she's just like a powerhouse and creating more and she's just inspiring a lot of us, uh, to do, to really put our stuff out there and not be shy about it because drunken botany is great. Um, there's also a, 
And her her blog is Ginger Tooth and Twine, I believe. Ginger and Tooth and Twine. She writes these little, and when I refer to Blotto Botany, um, she is actually publishing a book in the next, hopefully next year, all about herbs and cocktails. And I'm, I'm crossing, she's a really good writer, really personable. Um, and then the other person I really love um, for just creative, she is West Coast, so she has all these like super awesome things she can play with, like prickly pear and octillo and all this stuff that we don't have. Yeah. Um, but it's Emily Hahn and it's Wild Drinks and Shrubs. I was a recipe tester on the book. It is every technique you want to know about creating not only just syrups that you can just put in fizzy water. Trust me, those are like just as good. Mocktails are my friends. Um, and, and just really good techniques. So can you get me on the next book tasting yeah. list? Okay, yeah. that's good. Good answer. I got it. Yeah, for sure. She's um, awesome. So uh, for, for those of you uh, listening who are inspired by the herbal aspects of this podcast episode, I would recommend the first thing you pick up is Amy Stewart's The Drunken Botanist because the yeah. unique thing about that book is it's something where if you have that energy inside you right now where you're like, okay, my life is going to be different after this because I'm going to go out and start getting into some of this stuff, you immediately need to hit up that book because it is something you can read straight through because it is separated into sections like it talks about the constituent grains of spirits so yep. like it talks about wheat it talks about barley it talks about corn the things that they actually distill the spirits from and then it talks about fruits it talks about barks leaves herbs sarsaparilla uh, yeah <laughs> just like all of the anything that comes out of the dirt it talks about yeah. but it does it in a really organized way and as such it remains a really useful reference piece for you i know i return to it often as i'm trying to develop some new uh bitters bitters flavors i return to it very often um and and there are cocktail recipes in there they're not they're not the main focus but there are cocktail recipes that reward you as you kind of read your way through so i highly recommend amy stewart's the drunken botanist as a beginner text on herbs and then we will have links in the show notes to the rest of these texts and and you can you can check out the previews etc etc very cool yeah if you could give any piece of advice to someone who is just starting to build their home bar and learn about cocktails, what would that advice be? Buy chartreuse. <laughs> Buy chartreuse. Save up your pennies. Save up your pennies because it tends to be expensive. And and don't share it. No, I'm teasing. Um, <laughs> I think, for, actually, I, I will be honest. Um, one of the things about the limit, limitations of Virginia is that what I'm finding is, is, is making your own. You know, playing with, uh, at our shop, we have a ton of teas. And so we're doing like an Earl Grey infused vodka, which is super simple. Um, and I think I learned this from Liquid Intelligence, but just like you don't need to brew it for very long and it adds so much flavor. So I even did uh, just an eight ounce pint pint glass of jazz. I had this beautiful jasmine tea, but I only had like a smidgen of it. And I just put that in there for... I think it was like six minutes mm. and it just blocked the the um the tea blossomed it added that floral note that i was looking for because it was like a couple weeks ago and we didn't really have very many flowers and it was it was beautiful so infusing you know playing with cheap vodka the one that i use and mm, i don't know if you agree with me but is luka sowitz it's a potato vodka from russia it's super cheap must be a virginia thing <laughs> it's smooth and uh we'll link to the show notes um sure. and it, it's super smooth and i use it for most of my tinctures unless I use it for Everclear. Sure. Yeah. Definitely something to get into if you're if you're getting started in cocktails and want to add like if you want to pretty much 10x your creativity or at least the appearance of creativity by <laughs> doing one simple thing it's it's by infusing infusing some spirits and doing yeah. doing stuff like that so wild roots apothecary is definitely a good start for inspiration so you should check them out colleen how can people get in touch with you check out what you're doing uh whether that's via the interwebs or social media yeah well i will say this we are doing some um definitely some bitters class but we're doing them in the country I, I, it's hard for me to get in here. Um, so we're doing some wild food harvesting classes, some medicinal herb classes, some herbal first aid classes, and then also some really good, cool bitters classes because it's so important that we include bitters in our diet and, and learn really about what's around us. So so we're starting to do that. So you can find us on the interweb. Uh, we are on Facebook and Instagram. I'm pretty big on Instagram. I mean, not big, but I definitely use Instagram a lot for our pictures because mm-hmm. it's a visual media. 
medium what I'm showing you. And is that Wild Roots underscore apothecary? It is, yeah. And then on our website at wildrootsapothecary.com. And then we'll soon be posting up more cocktail recipes at barfrancis.com. Barfrancis. Is it bar-francis.com? Bar is it dash or hyphen? I feel I'm not like quite we should, sure. I'm not either. I anyway, think uh, maybe you can just uh, type that into to Google or Bing or your search engine of choice, folks. So, Colleen, is there anything else that you that you wanna that you wanna tell people before we sign off here? Yeah, and not in a big way, but if you are interested in this, I I am always up for mentoring or coming out for an internship day, which means you'll be mucking around in your booths and chopping shit up. So, always always looking for people to come out and help us. Uh, it's a beautiful medium, and I'm so excited that it's being resurrected in so many ways. Um, there are great herbalists in D.C. and Baltimore, um, and if you are looking for somebody to connect with, we are very open people. Um, so just give me a holler. It's hello at wildrootsapothecary.com, and I will respond back as soon as I can. But come out to Sperryville and visit us for sure. And folks, you, you know that's a good email address when it's the email address that I email her at. So um, <laughs> thank you for tuning into this episode. I know that it's a little bit more alternative in terms of what we spoke about, but I think that is precisely the value. So thanks for listening. And I will see you next time here on the Modern Bar Cart Podcast. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. I just want to remind you that this episode might be over, but the journey and the discussion are just beginning. If you're excited about the content in this or any other episode, please tell us. Follow us on Instagram at Modern Bar Cart for recipes and great product tips, or stalk me personally at Quixologist. That's Q-U-I-X-ologist. You can also like us on Facebook by searching Modern Bar Cart, or hit us up directly via email by sending a note to podcast at modernbarcart.com. That email address, by the way, is also the one you should use if you've got any cocktail or home bartending related questions you'd like us to address, or if you think you have a unique perspective on the cocktail world and would like to be interviewed for all to hear. I'll see you next time, but until then, drink responsibly and experiment boldly. Boldly.